0: The EV industry. Ok, tell me this. How old do you think the EV industry is? 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, how about 180 years? Yeah, that's right, the electronic vehicle is no new thing. What many people don't know is that at the turn of the 20th century, there were more EVs on the road than gasoline powered vehicles. This prevalence was challenged when Ford's moving assembly line made passenger cars more accessible. Ford, the company, empowered by the knowledge that gasoline was more widely available than electricity, back then you have to remember, built a transport system based on gasoline that would last over a hundred years, and as we all know, if Ford back then made the automobile industry as a whole transition from electric or steam to gasoline, Tesla is now the one leading the change in reverse. But there is so much more to it. We all know consumer demand isn't the only thing leading this change today. A multitude of factors ranging from government tax exemptions to actual crude oil shortages back this up. The effects of climate change and our need to reduce our reliance on fossil fuels is unquestionable. And governments all around the world are introducing legislation that aims to limit or even completely eradicate the sale of new petrol or diesel cars, and understandably so. So, a lot, a lot of hypothetical future circumstances lie ahead of the industry, but to understand that holistically, we have to trace its origins, challenges faced back then, as well as a clear road to understand what is leading the transformation now, along with, yet again, the challenges and the solutions to be carved in the coming years. And in today's episode, we will exactly do just that. Roll the intro. Cash me if you can! Your gateway into the world of financial freedom. See, it is hard to pinpoint the invention of the electric car to one inventor or country. Instead, it was kind of a series of breakthroughs. From the battery to the electric motor in the 1800s, that led to the first electric vehicle on road. The history of electric cars can be broken up into 5 distinct periods. The early pioneers, from about 1830 to 1880. The transition to motorized transport, from about 1880 to 1914. Then we have the rise of internal combustion engines from 1914 to 1970. And then we have the return of the electric vehicles, this is important, from 1970 to 2003. The Electric Revolution from 2003 to 2020 and then the Tipping Point from 2021 and beyond. Now, let's go back. So, in the early part of the 19th century, in about the 1820s, innovators in Hungary, the Netherlands and the United States, including a blacksmith from Vermont, began toying with the concept of a battery-powered vehicle and created some of the first small-scale electric cars. It is said that the first electric vehicle was displayed at an industry conference in 1835 by a British inventor by the name of Robert Anderson. Robert Anderson's vehicle used a disposable battery powered by crude oil to turn the wheels. But Anderson was not alone in his pursuit of electric mobility. So around the same period, Hungarian scientist Anders Jeldik and Dutch professor Sibrandas Stranger both invented Model electric vehicles. And on the other side of the Atlantic, we have Thomas Davenport, an American blacksmith, turn inventor, and he's said to have invented integral components of the electric motor which produced the first electric car. However, all of these were little more than prototypes of electrified car parts, like travelling at top speeds of 12 km per hour with cumbersome steering and very little range. Then eventually, in 1860, a French physicist by the name of Gaston Planty invented the first rechargeable lead-acid battery, a huge breakthrough for electricity as a whole. However, it wasn't until the late 1800s that these inventions like batteries and electric motors were put together by the electric mobility pioneer William Morrison to create the first practical electronic vehicle. In the United States, the first successful electric car made its debut around 1890, thanks to William Morrison again. And his 6 passenger vehicle, capable of a top speed of 14 miles per hour, was little more than an electrified wagon, but it helped spark interest in electric cars. So over the next few years, electric vehicles from different automakers began popping up across the United States. And New York City, even had a fleet of more than 60 electric taxis. By 1900, by the turn of the century, electric cars were at their heyday, accounting for around a third of all vehicles on the road. During the next 10 years, they continued to show even stronger sales. So around the turn of the 20th century, many people began swapping in their hordes and cars for motorized vehicles, and as a result, the automobile industry, rapidly grew in popularity, and the battle for the future of mobility commenced. The options? Okay, listen to this carefully. Steam, gasoline, or electric. At that time, there was a fairly even split between three on American roads. Roughly 40% were powered by steam, 38% of the vehicles were electric, and only 22% by gasoline. So, what we have to understand here is, Steam vehicles had been growing up in popularity since the 1870s and held a slim majority over all the US market at the turn of the century. Yet, they had major setbacks which ultimately led to their downfall. See, steam vehicles required startup times up to 45 minutes and continuously needed to be refueled with water, limiting their range. And in the end, while steam was reliable for, you know, powering factories and trains, it proved not to be very practical for personal vehicles. And around the same time, as William Morrison was working on his electric-powered carriage, Gottlieb Damier and Carl Benz simultaneously developed the world's first automobiles in 1886 in Germany. However, gasoline-powered cars required the driver to change gears and start the vehicle with a heavy hand crank. They were also far noisier than their steam or electric cousins and emitted pollutants from their exhausts. In comparison to the other two types of vehicles on the market, electric cars proved to be a comparative option. They did not emit any of the unpleasant pollutants, didn't require changing gears, or have long startup times. This meant that they were easier to drive, and they were much quieter too. And as a result, electric cars quickly became popular with the urban residents, where electricity was readily available. And as more people gained access to electricity, the more popular they became. This popularity caught the eye of many pioneers of the day. Porsche developed the world's first hybrid car, while Thomas Edison even partnered with a friend and former employee Henry Ford to build an affordable EV. However, this momentum, this EV momentum, would all come to a slow end with the creation of Ford's cost-effective assembly line and the wider availability of gasoline. See, there is no doubt that steam was a tried and true tested energy source, having proved reliable for powering factories and trains. Some of the first self-propelled vehicles in the 1700s, like way before the EVs from we talked about, relied on steam. Yet, it took until the 1870s for the technology to hold in cars. So as for the benefits of EVs we talked about, many innovators at the time took note of the electric car's high demand, exploring ways to improve the technology. See, the Porsche founder we talked about developed an electric car called P1 in 1898. And at the same time, as we again said, Thomas Edison tried working on the first hybrid electric car. But now, although Henry Ford partnered with Thomas Edison to build a hybrid electric car, He also mass produced his Ford Model T that dealt a blow to the electric car. Introduced in 1908, the Model T made gasoline powered cars widely available and affordable. And by 1912, gasoline cars only costed $650, while an electric roadster sold for about $2000. And at the same year, Charles Kettering introduced the electric starter, eliminating the need for the hand crank and giving rise to more gasoline-powered vehicle sales. Auto-developments also contributed to the decline of electric vehicles. And eventually, by the 1920s, the US had a better system of roads connecting cities, and Americans wanted to get out and explore. Then, with the discovery of the Texas crude oil, gas became cheap and readily available for rural Americans, and filling stations began popping up across the country. In comparison, very few Americans outside of cities had electricity at the time. And in the end, electric vehicles ultimately disappeared by 1935. So if you look closely, EVs back then, entered the darkest hour, when the mass produced internal combustion engine or ICE vehicle was introduced. Along with Ford's Model T, gasoline powered cars became widely available and affordable. And after the discovery of oil in Texas. Gasoline became cheaper, and electricity was again only limited to big cities. And over the next 30 if not 35ish years, there was very little advancement in the EV field, and they eventually disappeared from the market. Cheap, abundant gasoline, and continued improvements to the internal combustion engine, the gasoline one, hampered demand for alternative fuels, and solidified gasoline vehicles dominance. As a result, EVs lay dormant till the 1970s. And then, the comeback. Fast forward to the late 1960s and early 1970s, soaring oil prices and gasoline shortages, peaking with the 1973 Arab oil embargo, created a growing interest in lowering the US's dependence on foreign oil and finding homegrown sources of fuel. Congress took note, and passed the Electric and Hybrid Vehicle Research, Development and Demonstration Act of 1976, authorizing the Energy Department to support research and development in electric and hybrid vehicles. So, automakers, feeling this social shift, started to explore options for alternative fuel vehicles, including electric cars. For instance, General Motors developed a prototype for an urban EV, and even NASA helped raise the profile when the electric lunar rover became the first manned vehicle on the moon. However, electric vehicles still suffered from several drawbacks compared to gasoline-powered cars, including limited range and slow top of speeds, and consumers were not interested. Yet, the lack of public interest didn't discourage scientists and engineers from trying. Fast forward again, this time to the 90s. In the 20 years since the long gas lines of 1970s, interest in electric vehicles had mostly died down, but new federal and state regulations began to change things. The passage of the 1990 Clean Air Act amendment and the 1992 Energy Policy Act, plus new transportation emission regulations issued by California Air Resources Board helped create a renewed interest in electric vehicles. During this time, automakers began modifying some of their popular vehicle models into electric vehicles. This meant that electric vehicles now achieved speeds and performances much closer to gasoline-powered vehicles and many of them had a range of about 60 miles. Then over the course of the next 20 years, automotive companies modified popular models to create electric variations, hoping they could improve the batteries and achieve a range and speed closer to that of gasoline-powered vehicles. One of the most well-known electric cars during this time was GM's EV1. A car that was heavily featured in the 2006 documentary, Who Killed Electric Car? So, instead of modifying an existing vehicle, General Motors designed and developed the EV1 from the ground up. With a range of 80 miles and the ability to accelerate from 0 to 50 miles per hour in just 7 seconds, the EV1 quickly gained a cult following. But because of high production costs, the EV one was never commercially viable, and GM later discontinued it in 2001. With a booming economy, a growing middle class, and low gas prices in the late 90s, many consumers didn't worry about fuel-efficient vehicles. Even though there wasn't much public attention to EVs, behind the scenes, scientists and engineers supported by the energy department were working to improve electric vehicle technology, including batteries. During this time, one of the most significant turning points was the introduction of the Toyota Prius. Released in Japan in 1997, the Prius became the world's first produced hybrid hyper-electric vehicle. In 2000, the Prius was released worldwide and it became an instant success with celebrities. Since then, Rising gasoline prices and growing concern over carbon pollution have helped make the Prius the best-selling hybrid worldwide. However, the real turning point would come in 2003, when two entrepreneurs by the names of Martin Eberhard and Mark Teppering saw an opportunity. After seeing the exponential growth of lithium-ion battery capacity in their previous venture, Eberhard and Mark formed Tesla Motors in 2003. Fast forward to 2006, and the Silicon Valley startup had announced that it would start producing a luxury electric sports car that would go more than 320 kilometers on a single charge. See, Tesla's subsequent success spurred many big automakers to accelerate work on the electric vehicles. Nissan raised the competition with its launch of the Nissan LEAF in 2010. This all-electric zero-emission car would become the world's all-time top-selling EV. And at the same time, new battery technologies enter the market, helping to improve range and cutting EV costs. To demonstrate this, the price of lithium-ion batteries has declined by 97% since 1991. This in turn has helped lower the cost of electric vehicles overall, making them more affordable for consumers. In the years since, almost every mass market automotive manufacturer, has hopped on the electric van wagon and many have even vowed to stop building the internal combustion engine altogether. In 2010, Tesla received a $465 million loan from the Department of Energy's Loan Programs office, a loan that Tesla repaid a fully 9 years earlier to establish a manufacturing facility in California. In the short time since then, Tesla has won wide acclaim for its cars and has become the largest auto industry employer in California. Tesla's announcement and subsequent success spurred many big automakers to accelerate work on the electric vehicles. In the late 2010, the Chevy Volt and Nissan Leaf were released in the US market. Now, as we were talking about the Volt, we talked about the Leaf, but the first commercially available plug-in hybrid, the Volt, had a gasoline engine that supplemented its electric drive once the battery was depleted allowing consumers to drive on electricity for most of their trips, and gasoline to extend the vehicle's range. Okay, as we edge forward to the modern day, let's talk about Tesla. See, Tesla, it is changing the industry, right? Tesla popularized, pioneered, and promoted electric car ever since the company's founding in 2003. None of the major automotive manufacturers were making electric cars until Tesla made it cool in 2008 with its bombastic announcement of the first luxury electric car, the Tesla Roadster. Since then, big automakers with lots of capital, solid supply bases and seasoned supply chains went to work in rapidly developing and churning out the electric cars, as consumers and governments pursue eco-friendly, low emission transport options. According to the Bureau of Transportation Statistics data, The number of hybrid EVs sold in the US didn't even break 100,000 until 2005. The bureau doesn't have data on the number of EVs sold until 2011, which was 9,750. And since then, the EV market has exploded. By 2015, 71,044 EVs were sold in the US, and 384,404 hybrid EVs. Between January and September of 2017, Tesla led the pack by selling 73,227 EV, followed by Chinese automaker BWD selling 69,094. See, the auto industry is not resistant to innovation and change, but it does tend to adapt slowly. Lately, however, that's changed dramatically, and largely because Tesla disrupted the market. You cannot talk about the current EV situation Without talking about Tesla. Tesla has that cool factor, something established automakers do not have going for them. And that has created hype around Tesla's EVs that other brands do not get. Then there is the EV discussion. Tesla's Autopilot, which uses AI to drive a Tesla vehicle for you with some minor assistance, has been the subject of hot debate, with some consumers misusing the technology and crashing the cars while using Autopilot. Other automakers are following Tesla's lead and looking to create semi-autonomous or fully autonomous vehicles and that has sparked contention in Washington as lawmakers try to reconcile safety concerns with innovation-hungry automakers. US senators and industry leaders, including automakers, manufacturers, CPLs and supply chain leaders, now believe AVs are the definitive future of the auto industries. Largely because Tesla is driving the conversation. Tesla is one of the key drivers of innovation in the auto industry, and it forces the others to evolve. But Tesla also shows how difficult it is to succeed in the auto industry at all, and how there is still room for improvement within the highly competitive, tight margin business. Tesla is a good example of how critical, stable supply chains are to the success of an automotive company. Tesla shows how crucial it is for an automaker or any company to have all the kinks worked out of its supply chain before pursuing such big goals, like skipping the prototype stage and rushing to produce 5,000 cars a week right away. Which is how Tesla approved the Model 3. And while Tesla can be seen as an inspiration to the industry, it also to some extent serves as an example of what happens when you lack capital, sufficient cash flow, and an unstable supply chain. But if Tesla can keep investors hooked on to its version of a future filled with electric cars, it may just be a matter of time before it becomes an industry bedrock. So regardless, if supply chain issues are sorted in the coming years, Tesla management said that the company expects to grow its EV deliveries at an average annual rate of 50% over a multi-year horizon. And in 2020, the company delivered about 500,000 vehicles. And based on its expected growth rate, In about 10 years from now, it could be delivering 28 million cars annually. And to be fair, extending management's multi-year estimate to this story's 10 years estimate is extrapolating beyond what the company has said. So let's assume that its growth slows down to an average of 20% annually after 5 years. By even doing that, Tesla could still be selling roughly 9.5 million EVs annually by 2030. For perspective, that's a number close to what each of Volkswagen or Toyota motors sold in 2020. To sell that many EVs, Tesla needs to first produce them. The company currently has a production capacity of roughly 1 million cars per year. It is constructing two new gigafactories, one in Berlin and one in Texas. Beyond that, the company plans to launch new models including Cybertruck, Semi and Roadster. Tesla plans to construct at least two new gigafactories beyond what's already announced in the coming years, although the locations are not yet decided. So there is a lot of work and growth ahead of Tesla in the next decade. So it is well established that the paradigm shift to electric vehicles is coming and Tesla is leading the way. But that does not mean it doesn't come with its fair share of challenges. There are plenty of challenges that need to be overcome before the mass acceptance and adoption of EVs around the world, and some are easier to welcome than others. These includes resistance to change, poor track record, range anxiety or charging times and infrastructure, the cost of building and maintaining electric cars, and lastly limited choice. See, every new technology has problems with gaining acceptance in the market, and EVs are no different. Not only do they have to overcome an aversion to change from an end-user perspective, in some instances, especially in the US, they have also become emblematic of political and social divides too. Whether it's from climate change skeptics, fossil fuel vested interests, or those within the motoring industry, the concept of electric motoring has only recently started to gain anything close to widespread acceptance and overcome those prejudices. It's only in the last 10-15 to years, since battery technology has made them viable choices for the everyday motorists that we're seeing today. A lot of people think that they will need to make significant changes to their motoring habits if they buy an EV. But in reality, these are quite insignificant. One of the major examples of this has to do with range and charging. Now talking about charging infrastructure and range anxiety, It is undeniable that a vast and reliable infrastructure has grown that makes the car second to none when it comes to convenient transport. Filling your tank with petrol takes 5 minutes and you can drive another several hundred miles. Right now, EVs simply can't compete with that. In the past, shockingly poor charging times and low-capacity batteries made electric cars completely unsuitable for anything other than short trips around town. And even now, unless you're using a Tesla supercharger or similar powering stations, EVs can take anywhere between 4 to 24 hours to fully charge. And the thought of running out of charge mid-journey and being stuck somewhere for potentially hours is what's becoming known as range anxiety. Modern EVs tend to have a range of between 180 and 350 50 miles, depending on the model. But what if you wanted to drive 400 miles? See... Charging times and having more charging points are two of the biggest challenges that the electric car industry will need to overcome. Access to high-speed charging on motorways is improving, but those within the industry will need to make sure that this continues and that charging points are easily accessible. Charging times also need to be improved, and although this is already underway for some vehicles, like Tesla Supercharger takes 20 minutes to recharge the battery pack to 50%, and roughly 45 minutes to charge to 80%. This needs to be rolled out at a much larger scale. More and more people are now installing EV chargers in homes, workplaces, and business premises. But when it comes to appearances and accepted truths, range anxiety is proving very hard to overcome, although the reality is, when it comes to longer journeys, Taking a 45 minute break for a coffee and rest while your car charges are probably not such a bad thing. I mean it's pretty regular even. But a larger issue though is that for a lot of prospective electric car buyers they are seen as a dive into the unknown that simply isn't worth it. Because electric cars are expensive to buy and maintain and choices are limited. The elephant in the room with the current of electric cars on the market is that they're very expensive and there is no real used EV market to speak of. See new technology is always expensive but until the last 5-10 years or so the cost of EVs was so prohibitive that only those who normally bought brand new BMWs and Mercedes could afford it. And even now the cheapest EVs tend to cost between 20,000 to 30,000 dollars And is a sizable outlay for most people. There is also an issue that maintenance is often reliant on main dealers. The mass appeal has to be created and driven by the manufacturers. The simple fact is that they have to do a better job of highlighting the benefits of EV motoring, addressing people's concerns and offering practical and tangible solutions. The switch to electric motoring is inevitable for all of us, and although there are still questions around the environmental impact of manufacturing batteries, for the sake of the planet, the sooner we switch, the better. Even for developing countries like India, EVs in the form of auto rickshaws is right now the biggest market followed by garbage disposal, freight and delivery businesses. However, after four and two wheelers, India is bracing to turn a significant part of three-wheelers on roads into EVs. From freight loaders to garbage disposal vans, adopting the electric path helps three-wheelers save on the running cost of vehicles. They also offer options of replacing discharge batteries with charged ones, thereby helping save time on the time taken to charge. You know, on an unrelated note, China accounts for the largest share of global EV sales and plans to expand further as it reduces energy imports, addresses its poor urban air quality, and attracts investors into its domestic auto industry. Tesla was the first foreign car maker permitted to open a factory in China without a Chinese-majority partner. After opening its Gigafactory in Shanghai, the company became the largest seller of EVs in the country, cutting prices multiple times to qualify for government subsidies. In 2019, France set a carbon-neutral target of year 2050, with the UK following suit. Emmanuel Macron announced an 8.8 billion aid package for the country's automobile industry in May, offering the most generous purchasing incentives of any country by providing buyers up to 12,000 euros or $13,150 in subsidies. With Tesla breaking ground, on its Berlin Gigafactory set to be complete by July of 2021, it got a bit delayed but still, it is clear that the European EV industry is on the rise, which as we saw, was only accelerated by 2021's phenomenal growth in EV sales. BNEF predicts that by 2040, EV sales will rise to nearly 60% of the global auto market. Now compare that to 2010, when annual sales were close to zero. With consumer consciousness on the rise and the market forces gaining momentum, EVs are quickly becoming the future of the automotive industry and are darling for investors who recognize the growth potential. With the growing awareness, the rising demand, along with the cost efficacy that the EV industry is gaining, it is appropriate to say that the future of mobility is electric. Even for countries like India, which is starting on the right foot with two-wheelers and three-wheelers, it is going in the right direction. Now, make no mistake. I know the current valuations and the hype around EV, especially Tesla, Tesla stocks is unsustainable. But even if the market crashes 10 times over, EV is still our future. Neither are evolving industrial ecosystem, Not the planet can take any result otherwise. As electricity generation becomes less carbon intensive, particularly at the margin, electric vehicles will become preferable to all conventional vehicles in virtually all cases. These are fundamental limitations on how efficient petrol and diesel vehicles can become, whereas low carbon electricity and increased battery manufacturing efficiency can cut much of the manufacturing emissions And nearly all electricity use emissions from EVs. See, a transition from conventional petrol and diesel vehicles to EVs plays a large role in mitigation pathways that limit warming to meet Paris Agreement targets. However, it depends on rapid decarbonization of electricity generation to be effective. If countries replace coal and to a greater extent gas, then electric vehicles have the potential to reach the zero emission mark and that is a target we desperately need as a civilization. So, electric vehicles are coming. And we are on the right track regarding the decarbonization and transport sector. Though, again, undeniably, more action needs to be taken. I mean, the hype is good, it is leading to a right direction. But, more action from both the automakers as well as the government is needed for the push. It is an industry transformation taking place at an unprecedented speed. It is also crossing industry borders involving energy, infrastructure, mobility and major automotive players. Now, while a major challenge, it represents a huge opportunity for incumbents and new players to take a leading role in creating new multi-billion dollar industries and jobs. And as we already established, that is in the making. So yeah, that was about it for today. So we discussed the history of the EV industry, the challenges faced back then, the gradual evolution of the EV industry, the near history, the modern times, and the near future. So thank you so much for tuning into that. And here is my cue to remind you to share this episode if you liked it. And basically, that's about it. I actually enjoyed making this one a lot. And thank you so much for listening. You know it. I'll see you exactly 7 days from today. Till then again, share this episode and keep cashing. Have a great day. Take care. Bye.